Hello and welcome to the first episode ever of the Epic Classroom Podcast. My name is Trevor Muir, and as a former high school and middle school teacher, as well as a college professor of future teachers, but also a dad who sends his kids to school, I realize how profoundly important school is. I mean, our education experience is a huge part of our entire lives. The majority of our childhoods are spent within the walls of schools. It's where we learn to socialize and develop confidence and learn to read and write and solve problems. And those experiences and the people who help design and lead them have a huge role into shaping us into who we are the rest of our lives. School is impactful and therefore school should be epic. Now listen, I'll be the first to admit that the term epic is a little outdated. I think young people stopped using it the same year that NSYNC broke up. But I still like it. My first book is called The Epic Classroom, and it's still the name of my Facebook and Instagram accounts. And now it's the name of my own podcast. Because to me, epic isn't just an outdated way of saying that something is awesome or mind-blowing. Like, that was an epic party, man. I mean, I do think school should sometimes be awesome and mind-blowing. I think it should sometimes be fun and exciting. I'm all about the classroom sometimes being epic in that sort of way. But that's not usually what I mean when I say epic classroom. Because the word epic also means story. And I love a good story. I like telling them and hearing them and living them. And I think school and learning and teaching should be epic in this way. It should be a story people remember, are shaped by, are moved into action because of. So that's what this podcast is about. How do we as educators live into this story that we're a part of? And how do we help our students do the same? Each episode I share ideas and stories and inspiration for creating and leading a more memorable and transformational classroom. One that is epic. So let's do this. Episode one of the Epic Classroom Podcast. So I became a teacher mainly because of the tremendous impact several teachers had on developing me into who I am today. My hope was that I could have that same impact on my own students, not just in becoming knowledgeable learners, which the great teachers of my past always strive for with me, but also because of how they taught me to become a better person. And so I enrolled in an education program at a local college. I took classes all about understanding education theory and creating assessments and managing the classroom and understanding content standards and all of the subjects that fit the job description of a good teacher. Upon graduation from the program, I was well-versed in education theory. I could understand cognitive constructivism, and I could write a mean essay on behaviorism as a classroom management plan. I felt that I was well-equipped to step into the classroom and put these theories and ideas into practice. I mean, like, I, I just spent all of this time, years, with these professors who knew all about teaching, and I did all of these observations where I got to watch teaching and, and reflect on it and what was in the textbooks and all of this learning. It was all building me to be a great teacher. I felt like I was ready for it. And then I went and I got my first teaching job. And in my first week of teaching as a brand new teacher, this thing that I'd been working towards for years and years and years, in my first week of teaching, a student of mine told me that she'd recently been abused at home. 
And nothing in my teaching preparation program told me how to handle that conversation. I mean, the, the first content standards I had to teach were on literature. I, I was an English teacher at first, and so I thought I'd have my students read The Great Gatsby. I mean, I loved that book when I read it the first time, and I thought, you know, we'll read The Great Gatsby, and we'll have a bunch of deep conversations about the novel, like the ones that my friends and I would have in college, right? Like, we'll, we'll sit around, and we'll talk about all the imagery and the meaning and what this means for society and what it means for our own lives. Like, that's what we'll do. We'll just sit around and talk about this book that I love to geek out about. Well, if you're listening to this right now and you've taught any high school language arts before, you can guess how that unit turned out, right? They weren't ex exactly that pumped about sitting around and talking about this literature in my ninth grade freshman English class. I had a strong set of ideals and believed that I could subvert the system and avoid teaching certain content standards, right? Like I was that idealistic new teacher. Does that sound familiar to anyone? I mean, the real world does not expect students to know MLA formats, so why should I, right? The, the real world doesn't care if you know how to use a semicolon perfectly every time, so why should I actually put any emphasis into teaching those things? Like, right, I don't, I don't care about standardized testing, and I've done pretty well in my life without having to take another standardized test since the last one I took when I was in high school. So why would I emphasize any of that with my students? Why should I care about that? Well, unfortunately, my principal, as well as state testing, did not agree with this idealistic notions that I had as a brand new teacher. So much for being a rebel in year one. I often had to yell to get students to be quiet in my first year. I didn't know how to respond to disgruntled parents. I was overloaded with work to bring home. I had no idea how to say no to other teachers and administrators and parents who requested extra work of me. And frankly, in my first year of teaching, a lot of my lessons were boring. This was my first year of teaching. Does it sound familiar? I learned quickly in that first year that all of the textbooks and classes and research papers on teaching will not adequately prepare you for the real thing. I had this notion that the work of teachers was, it was formulaic and that if, I, if you could just follow a simple process, I could be one of those great and memorable teachers. However, I've learned since that those great teachers of my past hardly had a simple formula that they followed. Finding the words for a student who shares about being abused can only come from wisdom and experience. Discovering a way to take a set of content standards, which at first glance can look boring and insignificant to a student and teacher, if I'm being honest, and crafting them into an engaging and meaningful experience is not something that can simply be taught. The truth is, there is a stigma that teachers are merely deliverers of content. First, the teacher masters the content themselves, then they give it to students. The object is for students to retain that content long enough to demonstrate their understanding, and then they can discard it so that the teacher can deliver more. According to the stigma, which has dominated the collective consciousness for over a century, everything revolves around this delivery model. Classroom management equates to having a quiet class that allows teachers to deliver that content. Lesson planning is about devising effective delivery. Assessment is about measuring that effectiveness. Professional development is about improving that delivery skill. But what I've learned over and over throughout the years of being in the classroom is that teachers 
are so much more than content deliverers. When I was a student, I thought most of my teachers as content deliverers. From Ben Stein's character in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Bueller, Bueller, to the teacher on Charlie Brown who just said wow, wow, wow all the time. Teachers have been labeled in media and pop culture as deliverers. I was trained throughout my education program in college to deliver. And frankly, after years of teaching, I still often slip into the mindset that my job is simply to deliver. However, I learned in my first year of teaching and every single day since that teachers are far from being mere deliverers of content. Teachers are creatives. The work of a successful teacher takes immense creativity. Designing engaging work for students, having the ability to constantly improvise, overcoming obstacles and barriers, and crafting a space or setting for others to flourish are among the many daily tasks of a teacher. Creativity, by definition, requires that something be brought into existence. Whether crafting original lectures or designing curriculum or having a certain look to bring 30 students to silence, the work of a teacher is creative and original. It's so easy to look at teachers who do big and elaborate projects with their students and think that they are the creative teachers. And yes, we can use them as models and examples of what we want to strive for, but don't let those aspirations negate this fact. What you already do as a teacher is creative work. I don't care if you subscribe to a more traditional model of teaching and have your students sit in rows and use textbooks, the work you do is creative. If you teach reading to first graders, you are doing creative work. If you coach soccer and have to decide on the best drills for your team to practice, you are being creative. If you work at a university and give one hour lectures five times a week and you spend time crafting those lectures into a format you believe your students are understanding, you are creative. Now, of course, I think we should take this creative energy and utilize it to make learning as effective as possible. And that might mean shedding some of those traditional practices that don't engage and inspire learning. But that's for another episode. This one is about the undeniable fact that teaching is a creative profession. And if teachers adopt the mindset of a designer, someone who creates compelling experiences for their students, they might just be blown away by what they can create. In this very difficult, unsettling, and unknown chapter of being an educator, this time of teaching during a pandemic, we need to draw on our creativity now more than ever. It feels like student apathy is at an all-time high, and student engagement is so difficult to come by right now. And of course, there are external factors that need to change for some of this work to become easier. It would help if the pandemic would end, for instance, and also if educators could get more support from society at large. But I also think we need to lean our, on our own creativity more. You know, lean on how do we create experiences that still engage students? How do we solve the problems in front of us? How do we use this creativity that's inherent in being a teacher, that's part of the fabric of our work? How do we use it to not only just survive this time of being in the classroom, but find ways, discover ways to thrive in it? So that's what I want to explore in the next few podcasts. Concrete ideas to create learning experiences that engage students right now in this moment. How do we get them to want to learn in our classrooms? How can I use my creativity to design learning experiences that my students want to be a part of despite the challenges of distance learning or just disrupted learning? 
but also how do we create learning experiences that I'm excited about during this time? Because I think being a teacher, you should be inspiring your students, but I think you should equally be inspired as well. I think we should love the work we're doing, even if it's during a disruptive period of our lives, even if it's during this pandemic. So that's what we're gonna talk about next time. How do we use our creativity to create moments in the classroom that are memorable and that they help students thrive during this time as well. And that's it, we did it. Episode one of the Epic Classroom Podcast is in the books. Thanks so much for listening and I hope you will share with any of your friends, whether they're educators or not, and invite them to be a part of this conversation and listen to the podcast alongside you. Also, please take a second to leave a review of the podcast. Those early reviews will help so much to help this thing grow and allow more people to hear it. And lastly, thank you. Whatever you do in schools and for kids, I just wanna thank you for the important work you're doing. In these times of disruption and even chaos, you are helping bring stability and challenge and wonder to students. And the importance of that cannot be overstated. So thank you so much, my friends, and I will see you next time.